Hi folks, I'm Alan Watkins. is cutting through the matrix on the 11th of October 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest you make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find well over a thousand audios for free download, and I try and bring you through the big system that overlays the system that you're aware of, and you've been trained to only see the one system, but it's a, a system above it all that uh, coalesces together in uh, a big agenda that was planned a long time ago by the richest people on the planet. Uh, they have academia on board, scientists on board, running the world properly, you see, properly. And they're bringing us all through the big transition. That's what they call it, the great transition phase, where they train the public to accept authoritarianism as opposed to any other form of government. And that's what you're getting trained under by the that their war on terror, etc. It's to go on forever, you see, until it's all finished. Not the terror, that is, that's us. It's a war on the population of the world to bring in a standardized world society, a reduced population, vastly reduced, and to get us to go along with it, you must always acquiesce to your own demise, and that's what they're training the public to do right now with the overpopulation nonsense, etc., etc. So help yourself to that, find out the big agenda, the organizations, foundations that are all involved with it, how they run your governments. In fact, Frank Zappa said that your governments are on the entertainment arm of the military-industrial complex. I'd add to that the banking military-industrial complex. And that's what government is, because the boys above them are the real bosses of this world. And remember, too, you can bring me uh, to you by yourselves, basically, by helping me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and donating, because I don't go into uh, big business or anything like that. Um, I think you lose a lot if you do. So uh, you can buy the books and discs at uh, the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com from the U.S. to Canada. You can use personal checks. You can use international postal money orders to Canada. You can also use PayPal or send cash across the world. It's Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. But we truly are living in a scientifically designed society. They understand the human mind very well. They understand the, the herd mentality, as Bernays called us all. We're the herd. And these are the guys, the good shepherds, because we're not altruistic enough or bright enough to understand how we should behave and how we should run our lives, how we should obey, so we have all the better type doing it all for us today. You've been trained to listen to nothing but experts. That was designed a long time ago and put into motion. Lots of PR went into that that movement to make us believe that experts are always correct. Right down to pulling them out for every silly little show on television. Uh, he's an expert on this, expert that, expert on the weather, what to dress, put an umbrella up if it's going to be rain. All that rubbish is actually training you that you can't think for yourselves. Don't trust yourself and your own observations or instincts. We're really, really going through the scientific stage of this, the scientific tyranny, as it was called by Aldous Huxley, 
And, um, of course, he said it is going to be a tyranny, along with, Ber- with uh, uh, Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell. He said the same thing. It's going to be a, tyr- a tyranny. I'd rather be a scientific tyranny. He was all for it. And they said it would be ruthless. Ruthless. Absolutely. And it is. Because, you see, the big world boys don't want to just bring down population by persuasion and getting you to do the right or altruistic thing, as they keep telling us nowadays. But... You see, they're doing it already. They've been doing it since at least the 1950s when the sperm count started to plummet because of what we're giving in vaccines and in your food. It's much, much worse now. And you can see the, the, the physical changes, the bioengineering of both the male, young male and young female. Back with more on this after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and I've talked over the years about how people are complicit in their own destruction because we give tacit approval by our silence of all the nasty things that are done to us and uh, even voting in fact is your tacit approval uh, it's actually, that's your positive approval in fact if you actually vote uh, that the people in charge can do anything to you that they wish there's nothing written anywhere that will stop that in any of their literature. They can do whatever they want to you, and that's legally. So that's why they have the big pushes in a lot of countries that you must vote in certain countries. It's a law. But regardless of that, though, they, you understand you're not living. You truly are not living in, in some sort of Disney movie. Uh, this is reality, and reality is rather cruel and nasty. And uh, the big boys at the top who formed their big philanthropic, uh, philanthropic clubs a long, long time ago, uh, back in the 1800s primarily, had a big agenda because they looked around them and they saw all the unwashed masses trudging off to coal mines and different factories, etc. And it kind of frightened them, this mass of people at the bottom. Uh, they even had big discussions about how to make sure that these people didn't have a left, free time to left to themselves or they might start talking and, and realize how unhappy they were or should be. Uh, so they worked about 16 hours a day at one point. Uh, and they, but they did have actual, you know, big international meetings about this. So they gave you eventually radio and television after penny novels, which was the way to keep you occupied in your free time learning nothing. And then they brought in the big public relations companies to to get ways to make sure that you thought about the things the proper way, the way that you were taught. They they, they wanted you to to think about things. You come to the proper conclusions. Uh, In other words, you'd obey all the big things from the government that came down the pike via television, etc., and the newspapers. It's a very simple technique, and most people don't consciously, um, they don't consciously work through any article they're given. They take it on face value, because why should anybody be lying to you? That's how simple this trick is. And even Brzezinski touched on that too, that shortly the people will be unable to reason for themselves. They expect the media, which is privately owned, remember, they expect the media to do their thinking for them and reasoning for them too. So it's a nasty world, and you do have these people at the top who decided a long time ago that eventually, with their big plans for a world society, they would invest all their stuff abroad. They'd get all the governments, which they owned. They own the governments. 
that they would have uh, their investments moved offshore to different countries where the labour was cheap. What to do with the masses back home in the meantime? And um, they, they, of course, they came into ideas of population reduction, all this kind of thing. It's been going on for a long, long time. And uh, different countries have special people who are placed there by this one group that's been around the world for an awful long time uh, to do the main jobs. And, and in America, it's the Rockefeller Foundation, they're the premier one for doing all the work about population reduction, handing out grants to scientists to experiment. They also are in massive businesses. They even create varieties of corn and other things which have sterilizing agents in them. So we hear these things. Most folk, it goes over their head because they still can't believe that people would actually do that to them. And especially when, too, they have so many ads on television for the mums to buy all these corn cereals, etc., for the children. That was a big move. Before that, they didn't eat all these cereals. That was a public relations move, and Bernays was involved in, in the making of that at the time. And they, they loaded the stuff up initially with sugar to make sure it was addictive and quick to make, of course, so mum was happy. And we saw that all the health problems start to arise from there. And uh, as I say, infertility is normal now pretty well in the Western society. Bill Gates talks about vaccines to reduce population. You understand uh, that even as far back as Adam Weishaupt, he talked about the system would eventually be run by uh, people who would call themselves uh, philanthropic agents. They would, they would create po- um, policy for governments by their big endeavors uh, through so-called charity, etc. You understand, we're, we're run by these foundations and philanthropists. No, there's no check on them. We have no say in them. We don't vote them in, and yet they tell governments what to do. And it says, Bill Gates talks about vaccines to reduce population. It says, Microsoft founder, one of the world's wealthiest men, Bill Gates projects an image of a benign uh, philanthropist using his billions via his tax-exempt Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to tackle disease, solve food shortages in Africa, and alleviate poverty. In a recent conference in California, Gates reveals a less public agenda of his philanthropy, population reduction, otherwise known as eugenics. Gates made, made his remarks to the invitation-only Long Beach, California, TED, TED, 2010 conference in a speech titled Innovating to Zero, that's zero population growth, along with a scientifically absurd proposition of reducing man-made CO2 emissions worldwide to zero by 2050. That means everything would be dead if that was the case. Approximately four and a half minutes into the talk, Gates declared, first we've got... Uh, We've got population. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion people. They always give these massive amounts for the future. Now, if we don't, if we do a really good job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, abortion, we lower that by perhaps 10 to 15 percent, he says. In plain English, one of the most powerful men in the world states clearly he expects vaccines to be used to reduce population growth. When Bill Gates speaks about vaccines, he speaks with authority in January 2010 at the Leap Davis uh, World uh, Economic Forum. Gates announced his foundation would give $10 billion uh, over the next decade to develop and deliver new vaccines to children in the developing world. And it says... The primary focus of his multi-billion dollar Gates Foundation is vaccinations, especially in Africa and other underdeveloped countries. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is a founding member of the GAVI Alliance, Global Alliance for Vaccinations and Immunization, in partnership with the World Bank, the World Health Organization, all under the UN and so on, and the vaccine industry. 
The goal of the Gavi is to vaccinate every newborn child in the developing world. It sounds like a noble philanthropic work. The problem is that the vaccine industry has been repeatedly caught dumping dangerous, meaning unsafe because untested or proven harmful vaccines onto unwitting third world populations when they can't get rid of the vaccines in the West. Some organizations have suggested that the true aim of the vaccination is to make people sicker and even more susceptible to disease and premature death. Well, that is true. That came out at the conference from the, the 1970s when they talked about taking down the third world countries quickly because no one would care and the first world countries with slow crippling diseases so that it would have be, um, nobody would marry them basically and then you don't breed and have children. And it says, in the aftermath of the most recent unnecessary pandemic declaration of, of a global H1N1 swine flu emergency, industrial countries were left sitting on hundreds of millions of doses of untested vaccines. Now, remember, your government's bought them all. Great, great business, isn't it, when you go to your government and get them to buy billions of doses? They decided to get rid of embarrassing leftover drugs by handing them over to the WHO, which in return plans to dump them on free on select poor countries. France has given 91 million of the 94 million doses the Sarkozy government bought from the pharma giants. Britain gave 55 million of its 60 million doses. The story for Germany and Norway is similar. And Dr. Thomas Jefferson, an epidemiologist with the Cochrane Center, Research Center in Rome, noted, why do they give the vaccines to developing countries at all? The pandemic has been called off in most parts of the world. The greatest threat in poor countries right now is heart and circulatory diseases, while the virus figures at the bottom of the list. What is the medical reason for donating 180 million doses? As well, flu is a minor problem in countries with abundant sunshine. And it turned out that the feared H1N1 pandemic, new great plague, that kept saying, oh, we're all going to die, we're all going to die, was the mildest flu on record. The pharmaceutical vaccine makers don't speak about the enormous health damage from infant vaccination, including autism and numerous neuromuscular deformities that have been traced back to the toxic adjuvants and preservatives used in most vaccines. Many vaccines, especially multi-dose vaccines, that are order-made more cheaply for sale to third-world countries, contains something called thimerosal. That's a form of mercury, of course. This is in July 1999. The U.S. National Vaccine Information Center declared in a press release that the cumulative effects of ingesting mercury can cause brain damage. Well, they've known that for years. And, of course, they still put it in a lot of the ones... And, uh, and don't tell the public. This is a new form of eugenics. Gates' interest in inducing population reduction amongst black and other minority populations is not new, unfortunately. As, as this author documents in the book Seeds of Destruction, since the 1920s, the Rockefeller Foundation had funded the eugenics research in Germany through the Kaiser Wilhelm Institutes in Berlin and Munich, including well into the Third Reich. They praised the forced sterilization of people by Hitler, Hitler's Germany, and the Nazi ideas on race purity. It was John D. Remember, the, the, Hitler was copying John D. Rockefeller's system in the States with their sterilizing folk there too. And, and he actually said that. Uh, Hitler said that. It was John D. Rockefeller, the third lifelong advocate of eugenics. He used his tax-free foundation money to initiate the population reduction neo-Malthusian movement through his private population council in New York. It says here, beginning in the 1950s. No, they had it already in there in Cold Spring Harbor in New York, long before the 1950s. 
It says, the idea of using vaccines to covertly reduce births in the third world is not new. Bill Gates' good friend David Rockefeller and his Rockefeller Foundation were involved as early as 1972 in a major project together with the World Health Organization and others to perfect another new vaccine. The results of the WHO Rockefeller project were put into mass application on human guinea pigs in the early 1990s. The WHO oversaw massive vaccination campaigns against, this is true, this is on TV at the time, I guess, tetanus, free tetanus shots for women only, by the way, in Nicaragua, Mexico and the Philippines, also India and Africa. It doesn't have that here. It says, Comito Pro Vida de Mexico, a Roman Catholic lay organization, became suspicious of the motives behind the WHO program and decided to test numeric, uh, numerous vials of the vaccine and found them to contain uh, chorionic uh, gonadotrophin, or HCG. That was a curious component for a vaccine designed to protect people against lockjaw arising from an infection with rusty nails, etc. But I'll go into this. HCZG and tell you what happened. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the Matrix, reading an article, it is well documented, and I've read many before over the years about the same thing, uh, to do with how they sterilize people across the world. And remember, these are the same people in charge of your countries as well. Don't forget it for a second. And it says um, they give out free tetanus shots, supposedly to women across the world. And when they were tested, these shots, they found out that um, they had um, uh, human chorionic gonadotrophin in it, HCG. It says this was a curious component for a vaccine designed to protect people against lockjaw arising from infection with rusty nails or other contact with certain bacteria found in soil. The tetanus disease was indeed also rather rare. It also was curious because the HCG was a natural hormone needed, needed to maintain a pregnancy, right? However, when combined with a tetanus toxoid carrier, it stimulated formation of antibodies against HCG. So it attacked your own body. It attacked a fertilized egg, basically, with your own immune system. That's bio-warfare we're talking about here. At rendering a woman incapable of maintaining a pregnancy, a form of concealed abortion. Now, a lot of the women, too, also attacked their ovaries and had massive um, inflammation, and they became just basically fried. It fried them up. It just destroyed them. So similar reports of uh, vaccines laced with HCG hormones came from the Philippines and Nicaragua. And that is true, because even the CBC News in Canada, I mentioned this years ago, had a little blurb that came out of nowhere where a reporter was talking to two uh, people from the World Health Organization who were standing in front of a map who were justifying this. There was no intro to it, by the way. It was odd, because they always give you an intro so you'll get the proper, the proper impression before you hear it and leave with the same proper impression. But there was no intro to it, and these two guys argued arrogantly and self-righteously that if they didn't do it, who else would? Meaning sterilize the people. Anyway, Gates' uh, gene revolution in Africa, it says, 
Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with David Rockefeller's Rockefeller Foundation. The creators of the GMO Biotechnology are also financing a project called the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa, headed by former United Nations Chief Kofi Annan. Accepting the role as AGRA head in June 2007, Annan expresses gratitude to the Rockefeller Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all others who supported our African campaign. The AGRA board is dominated by people from both the Gates and Rockefeller Foundations. Monsanto, DuPont, Dow, Syngenta and other major GMO agribusiness giants are reported at the heart of AGRA, using it as a backdoor to spread their patented GMO seeds across Africa under the deceptive label of biotechnology, a euphemism for genetically engineered patented seeds. The person from the Gates Foundation responsible for its work with AGRA is Dr. Robert Horsch, a 25-year Monsanto GMO veteran who was in the team that developed Monsanto's Roundup Ready GMO technologies. His job is repeatedly, reportedly to use Gates money to introduce GMO into Africa. To date, South Africa's only African country permitted legal planting of GMO crops. In 2003, uh, Burkina Faso authorized GMO trials. In 2005, Kofi Annan's Ghana drafted biosafety legislation and key officials expect their intentions to pursue research into GMO crops. Agra has been used to create networks of agro-dealers across Africa, at first with no mention of GMO seeds or herbicides, in order to have the infrastructure in place to massively introduce the GMO-12 later on. Then it goes into glyphosate and population reduction. GMO crops have never been proven safe for human or animal consumption. In fact, they've found cancers galore. Moreover, they're inherently genetically unstable as they're unnatural products of introducing foreign bacteria such as Bacillus thuringiensis or other material into the DNA of a given seed to change its traits. Perhaps equally dangerous are the paired chemical herbicides sold as a mandatory part of the GMO contract, such as Monsanto's Roundup, the most widely used such herbicide in the world. Guinea's highly toxic glyphosate compounds have been independently tested and proven to exist in toxic concentrations in GMO applications far above that safe for humans or animals. Tiny amounts of glyphosate compounds would do damage to a human umbilical, embryonic and placental cells in a pregnant woman drinking the the water near the GMO fields. Uh, One long-standing project the US government has been to uh, to perfect a genetically modified variety of corn, the diet staple in Mexico and many other Latin American countries. It's been field tested and test financed by the US Department of Agriculture along with a small California biotech company named Epicyte. Announcing his success at 2001 press conference, the president of Epicyte, Mitch Hine, pointed to his GMO corn plants, announcing, we have a hothouse filled with corn plants that make anti-sperm antibodies, folks. Anti-sperm antibodies. And the links for, for the, these statements and everything else are all in this article, which I'll put up tonight. And you wonder why they keep putting out from the United Nations every year, the sperm count has plummeted down to 75, 80% down in Western countries. Hmm. This goes on quite a bit, so put it up. It's well worth looking into. Also, too, I'll I'll put up an article to do with uh, more uh, infertility caused by biotechs and so on. Uh, it's to do, so it's a debate as to whether or not genetically modified organisms are causing serious health issues like infertility, and even death is proclaimed as heated and inconclusive, even though it's been proven over and over again, and even admitted to by the big boys at times, and then everybody forgets again. 
It says, but even the very scientists working behind the scenes appear to acknowledge the very reality of their effects. And one such communication received from a very angry biotech scientist who proclaimed it was awesome if GMOs were causing mass infertility and death. I'll put this up tonight. And there's also a video link to it. You'll hear talking about just awesome if it's causing mass infertility and death. Back after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the Matrix and then we go on to Bill Maher. I think it's Maher, I generally pronounce it Maher or Meyer, but it's Bill Maher it's pronounced. He says, we need to promote death, he says. As he's a TV uh, host apparently. Asked by host Neil deGrasse Tyson what he thought about the death penalty and abortion, Maher reaffirmed his support for both, remarking the Pope is consistently pro-life, I'm consistently pro-death. Expressing how he was pro-death penalty, Maher said, My motto is let's kill the right people. I'm pro-choice, I'm for assisted suicide, I'm for regular suicide, I'm for whatever gets the freeway moving, that's what I'm for, he said. It's too crowded, the planet is too crowded, we need to promote death, he says. Explaining how he knew many people who felt the same, Maher went on to say that people who've earned it deserve to die, remarking, kill the right people. The HBO host emphasized how he disagreed with the notion that all life is precious. He probably will know that the most isn't in a particular system that he probably refers to. Referring to an argument made by Rick Santorum that prenatal testing should not be covered by the government because it encourages people to have abortions. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, said Mark, expressing support for abortion and noting it's not that hard to create life. It's teeming everywhere. It's something a dog can do, he says. So that's the wonderful celebrities that they give you to follow. And you do, you follow them and you, and, and you're enthralled by them. And even the foulness that comes out of their mouth sometimes makes you laugh. And that's when you're done for because when you laugh at the obscene and things that are literally mocking yourself, you're a goner. You're a goner, folks. And I'll put that up tonight too. There's also a little video to do with it as well. And you'll hear him saying it. Also, Big Brother invades the classrooms. Well, this is nothing new. They've been going on and on with it forever. And it says that digital tracking surveillance of school children has been growing. Much attention has been given to the phenomenon of corporate tracking of children online activities, activities that violate the Children's Online Privacy Act. And the law originally adopted in 1998 requires websites aimed at children to get parental consent before gathering information about those users who are under 13 years. Many companies, including a Disney subsidiary, have violated it. Uh, corporate marketing interests, most notably Facebook, are fighting proposed revisions to COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. A second front in the tracking of young people has gotten so far less attention. Schools across the country are adopting a variety of different schools to monitor students both in school and outside school. Among the tools are RFID, uh, identification tags, and, and it says and ID cards, GPS tracking software and computers, and even CCTV cameras systems according to school authorities. Tools are being adopted not to simply increase security, to prevent truancy, cut down of, on theft, and even improve students' eating habits. Because in what she eats, She's all being retrained, retrained, you understand, and uh, fixing all the things that you do wrong, according to the experts and the elite above you. 
Just like China, by the way. It's just like China. I'll put an article up tonight too where re-education goes on in China and I think a priest and some nuns were pulled in recently into Shanghai and put, put for re-education so they could understand the other side of things and, and if they take the hint, they'll follow it. Because if you don't, you get but one warning in China. But it's coming everywhere too. We're all being retrained the proper way to see things, you see, by celebrities that they put up for you to follow. And you do, you do, you do. You just, you're a sucker every time. Even the CFR talked about getting that years ago, getting celebrities on board because the young will follow them because they're very impressionable. This article here too is pharmaceuticals into GMO, Barma fattest, pharmaceutical crops it's called. It's old stuff too because I've been doing this from, for years since the 90s, but it says here, uh, that uh, the truth really is much stranger than fiction, especially when it comes to the open and admitted future plans of major biotech companies. One such case involves a biotech company known as Prodigine, this is the officials from which actually faced jail time back in 2002 for contaminating a traditional food supply with biopharmaceutical crops. They were growing pharmaceuticals, they claimed, and vaccine components associated with AIDS, diabetes, and diarrhea. In the 1990s, they even talked about putting in bananas. They said they'd done it successfully. And potatoes as well. Contaminating 500,000 bushels of soy with their biopharmaceutical corn that contained uh, pharmaceutical and vaccine components associated with deadly diseases, the company was slapped with a minor $500,000 fine by the USDA, the same government organization that gives Monsanto's crop special speed approval and ignores the company's blatant disregard for its regulations. As it turns out, the pharmaceutical crops were actually mixed in with traditional crops and unknowing farmers had already been planted, had planted already for human consumption. The USDA claimed However, the crops were confiscated. Yeah, sure. After receiving the fine and some press coverage on the subject, Prodigine decided not to apologize but to expand their mission. The company, in combination with estimates by Dow AgroSciences, stated that they sought to reach $200 billion in biopharmaceutical crops within 10 years as of 2004. Furthermore, they estimated that 10% of the corn in the U.S. will be far more a biopharmaceutical in nature. It already is, folks. It also says here, in other words, it could contain hidden nanoscale vaccinations, antibiotics, and depressants, or any form of pharmaceutical drug. Look around you. I've watched the people's IQ plummet for years. The UN even admits it themselves. They've lowered the standards in the same test to be normal. One California-based company has even created a spermicidal corn to be used as a mass contraceptive. In an alternate piece covering the issue entitled Spermicidal Breakfast Cereal, author Carmelo Ruiz Marrero asks, what would happen if contraceptive corn or antibiotic wheat accidentally made it to the supermarket? Nobody knows, but that isn't stopping agribusinesses from pursuing these crops. The existence of such technology brings the fight against GMOs to an entirely new level outside of the known effects such as recent links to tumours, DNA damage and other complications. GMO crops on your dinner table could soon contain pharmaceutical drugs like statins in an effort of mass medication of the public. Such an effort would likely be used in conjunction with others to fight against those who choose to opt out of vaccinations, delivering the vaccine through the food supply. Well, that was discussed at top level meetings many years ago. You understand, they have the top meetings and they don't wait, they go and do it. They're not looking for volunteers. You understand, this is a must-be of the big boys at the top. Must-be. You have to look at the thousands of articles out there from the United Nations itself on massive depopulation. 
from the World Health Organization and all the foundations that are out there too. Same agenda, same agenda, same agenda, because they all worked together as organization for you. Amazing organization. Also, I mentioned the other day there about uh, uh, an ex-First uh, Nations chief uh, that was blasted in uh, the National Post because he wants to go to Iran to put on what he said was to put a, a human face on the Iranians because they've been demonized so much. And um, he gives his side of the story and uh, explains why the newspaper blasted him too. I'll put that link up tonight as well for those to read it. It's quite interesting. And uh, why he's been blasted makes it quite clear because he's made some... Uh, he's not going along with certain must-be programs, in other words, and because uh, there's no free speech, you see. There's no free speech. Uh, but anyway, he's unpopular in certain quarters. But, I mean, I was thinking about it. Why would the National Post blast him for going to, to Iran? They haven't declared war yet on Iran, right? And we think through the Cold War, it was called the Cold War, with the Soviet Union, we're going to get blasted any day with nuclear missiles and all this kind of stuff, and children were being taught to go under tables. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton was sent over there by the Rhodes Trust, his scholarship he was in, and uh, he went over and lived in the Soviet Union during this Cold War when you were all hiding under your tables, and then they made him president. So if he can get off with it, why can't this ex-Indian chief get off with it too? Hmm? So, this is a good article too. Now, in the 90s, uh, there was a few leaks, just a few leaks in Canada about uh, the, the GATS Treaty, but also a part of it too, a special branch set up for countries that were foreign countries to come into countries and work and bring in their own peoples. They really tried to hush up in Canada big time. Little bits came out in the media, but not much. But that, was, that went ahead regardless. It was to be secret from the general public. When countries, foreign countries invest in your countries under the GATT Treaty, there's another section to it. Uh, if you refuse them, uh, if they want to employ your people at home, your domestic people, and you refuse them because the wages are too low or under your wage limit, uh, that country can then sue you through the GATT Treaty and the World Trade and through the WTO and get billions out of it. So this other part of the treaty was to get around that by bringing in their own people at substandard wages. Canada's to import Chinese workers, just like Australia's doing right now, to fill British Columbia mining jobs. It says Canadians just don't have the experience to operate equipment to extract coal. Same art, it's almost the same article I read from Australia not long ago. Because they're doing the same thing. The first of a group of 200, the first of a group of 200 temporary Chinese workers approved by the federal government will start arriving in BC in coming weeks to work in the burgeoning northeast coal industry, a mine project spokeswoman confirmed Tuesday. In total, anyway, from 1,600 to just under 2,000 Chinese nationals could fill full-time work in four projects being proposed in coming years for the region due to the shortage of underground mining skills in Canada. Exactly the same thing they said in Australia, according to industry officials. The four, now listen to that, it's 2,000 coming in, right? The four projects, now he should, he should, he should a little bit be used in, in, uh, as well in, in Australia. It could create an estimated 480 to 800 full-time mining jobs for Canadians, right? Canadians just don't have the experience operating equipment needed to safely extract coal in underground mines, said John Kavanagh, chief ex of the Vancouver-based Canadian Dehua International Mines Group, Inc., 
a company founded by China-born Vancouver businessman Nation Liu. Uh, Without the Chinese and technology they're bringing, these particular mines would not have been developed, he says. The the necessity of foreign workers, it's amazing too, I wonder how much the government's throwing into this as well. Because they always do that, you know. Why can't they throw it in for a Canadian company? The necessity of foreign workers wasn't mentioned in BC Premier Christy Clark's North November 9, 2011 news release from Beijing, in which she announced $1.4 billion in Chinese funding for two of the four coal projects. This investment clearly shows how confident China is in British Columbia's world-class mining resources, etc. Uh, these two projects support, support our BC jobs plan. I, I love how they tie in the little cons. And according to the companies, will create over now 6,700 jobs and other economic benefits for British Columbians, right? Listen, remember that figure. Kavanaugh stressed that the four mines will create numerous spin-off jobs for British Columbians, three for every one full-time job generated, as well as significant personal and corporate tax revenue. See how they try to soften it all and get around it all? The 200 workers who got federal government approval under the Temporary Foreign Worker Program will participate in a 100,000-ton bulk sampling of a coal seam and proposed Murray River underground coal mine located in the east side of the Rocky Mountains, about 10 clicks south of Tumblr Ridge. It's the most advanced of four underground mines being developed in the region by a number of Chinese companies working with Canadian Dehua. Each is expected to employ, each is expected to employ an estimated 600 workers. Right? Four. The 2,400, you see. And that's Chinese. Up to 480 of those employees at the Murray River Project with Chinese nationals brought in under the TFW. But that'll be 400 odd for each one of them, actually, you see. See how they're doing it? So anyway, it says the earliest project to be fully operational uh, is the Murray River Mine. should be fully operational by 2015, but it's starting now. Stephen Hunt, Western Director of the U.S., the United Steelworkers Union, ridiculed Tuesday the suggestions that Canadians couldn't be trained to work underground. He says, bullshit. That's what Kavanaugh says, bullshit. So this is just a cop-out, a way to bring in guest workers who are going to into a camp, contribute virtually nothing to the economy, and then when they're done, they'll be sent back to China, he said. It's almost verbatim from what happened in, in the articles from Australia. So anyway, it just goes ahead, isn't it? But we're just children, you understand. We're just children, and you never tell the children the truth. Everything is spun through public relations, which is propaganda campaigns in from the, 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 the federal governments across the whole planet. That's how everything, everything is spun for you at the bottom. Everything, folks. Everything. And also, I want to go and touch on, again, the reality of life and stop being so naive. Because, you see, people who are psychopathic in nature get to the top. I've done lots of talks about it before. It's their nature. They're very aggressive to get to the top. They can be very likable, too, as psychopaths on their showbiz side of it. And I've gone into Jimmy Savile, for instance, in England who's been a lifer at the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation. And uh, I'll put up some more articles because it's all unravelling now that he's dead, of course. No one was, would touch him at the time. I know why they wouldn't touch him at the time. It wasn't just because he'd been knighted and, and met the Queen and all the rest of it. It was because he belonged to an incredibly wealthy and, uh, and big, powerful pedo ring, you see, of very high-profile people. That's why. That's why they wouldn't touch it when it was alive. And he basically was a spearhead, this pedo ring, and supplied little boys, little girls for the, the high 
profile pedos. There's lots of them out there, and the BBC was well aware from, of this from the very beginning because they've got, got enough of them in there already. They always have. But anyway, there's an, a, a, a video up. It says when Lewis uh, met Jimmy Savile, it's a it's a guy who does a lot of documentaries, Louis uh, Thoreau. And he follows Jimmy around. You see how paranoid he is. You hear a little bit, he lets out the bag regardless to do with his little strange habits, you might say. And But he's been raping boys and girls for years. Another article is from the Mail Online. Pretend you're asleep, he's here. What the Stokes Mandeville Nurses Hospital told the patients when Savile came calling. Because he always was into philanthropy too, you see. Jimmy's a great philanthropist for charity. He loved getting near children. Former patients claim Jimmy will fix it. Star was free to abuse sick and disabled children at the hospital. Wheelchair-bound Carolyn Moore was 13 when Jimmy Savile abused her in the hospital corridor at Stoke Mandeville. North Yorkshire Police says it's also received a historic allegation of sexual abuse against Savile. Alleged, alleged victims said she was abused by him as a young girl in the 1980s in Scarborough. He also abused, by the way, lots of the children who were trying to recover in cancer wards. What a sick perv. But you understand there's a lot of sick pervs up there that covered up for this asshole. This is the NHS service where he, where he, he, he free abused six children and disabled children. Patients knew 30 years ago. He's been doing it right up till he died, by the way. He, they all knew, all the staff knew he was a threat, it was claimed yesterday. Yes, Stoke Mandeville chiefs allowed the predatory paedophile to boast he had his own bedroom at the Buckinghamshire Hospital and had lived there for two decades. He also went at the children's schools, orphanages and stuff. He, he visited them all the time. Nurses even reported to warning youngsters to pretend to be asleep when the warped Jim will fix star was approaching their wards, it was alleged. Well, the BBC has issued a groveling apology to the late presenters, many victims. National Health Service chiefs are refusing to say sorry. They can't, because they're really angry this has been uncovered. You know, they really are. There's a lot of parents up there in high positions, you know. An awful lot. Not just in that country, it's all over the place. They get up there. A lot, you will actually like their personas. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and talking about Jimmy Savile, one of many high-profile people. Actually, there's an awful lot more. They won't, they'll, they'll do their best to cover, what they do is cover it all up. It's like the guy in Canada who was the homosexual guy who put up his video of him eating someone and they went over to Germany, Korea, Ransu and brought him back. It's all been hushed up like I knew it would. And that's what they do with these things, you know. They don't want you to dwell too much on, on the type of sexuality some people are into. And same with Savile here. Too many high-profile people involved in London, England, and around the country. I think he, Jimmy even went to Jersey as well, where there was a John's home there. It was notorious for child abuse. Uh, and uh, you understand that the predator always goes to where his prey happens to be. And I've got another article too about some oh, massive things within the Boy Scouts that have all been listed and uh, and, and categorised of, of homosexual um, predatory paedophiles being in amongst them for years and years and years. 
But that's the way the world's going. And, and there's no really shock today. A very little shock because you can't shock people who've been contaminated themselves by all the trash like the BBC's been turning out for years that would drive most folk to either do weird stuff or, or kill themselves with depression watching it because they've destroyed everything that held the nation together with all the dramas and soaps and everything else that they churn out incessantly. It's just disgusting. Uh, but it's not disgusting anymore because it's normal standard fare for the public to watch. They've been brought up with it, and that's why they look at the stuff and they kind of just shrug. It doesn't hit them. There is no outrage, you see. Contamination is a term that Besmanov uh, used at uh, the KGB guy of contaminating the culture in the West. And BBC and a lot of other countries, even worked at the CBC Canada, Besmanov said he met more communists there than he did in the Soviet Union. Same agenda, same agenda, same agenda over and over. Back to, to uh, Savile, and it says one claim nurses told young patients to pretend they were asleep when the star visited their wards. But even uh, Tamperance has said with the children who were trying to struggle for, uh, after fight and fight cancers, he had no conscience whatsoever. He even had his own pal, a private pharmacist, that came around with him on his escapades, Jim the Pill, that's in the video put up tonight, and who obviously supplied him the special pills necessary to keep going at his age and, uh, and give him his uh, arousals, etc., etc., Quite the world we'll live in, eh? But you'll still follow them, and the next one they put up, you'll follow them too, because you're seeing a TV persona, not the real person. And psychopaths are great at acting. Also, um, forced vaccination. It's now mandatory that healthcare workers, including temporaries who work in hospitals, healthcare, nursing homes, and home care facilities, be injected with a seasonal flu shot, thus setting precedence to forcibly vaccinate a larger population uh, in the future, it says here. Last Friday, Rhode Island became the first state in the, the Union to initiate a mandated vaccination policy. However, it's not just state law that mandates such vaccinations. Private corporations such as Banner Health can mandate employees as well, and they have been, it says, in this flu season, like, like the flu. flu. Do you really think they're getting the flu shots, folks? Do you think it's all about the flu? Do you really believe that? After the stuff I've been reading tonight, you better wake up. You really, really better wake up. It's just incredible what's been really done. A, a, a full-scale world war on the populations of the world, including all of you. You don't eat, eat, eat food anymore. You eat chemical waste junk. It's designed to bring you down fast. From Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods be with you.